have a really weird trait in that I have the most charming wink. Many would fall at my presence if I winked. So I usually keep it to myself. I don't really wink very often. I actually got good at winking for really funny reasons. Someone who I particularly didn't care for. Like, uh, they didn't bother me, but I also just didn't want anything to do with them romantically in any capacity. So I wasn't attracted to them in any way. Randomly one day, they turned to me and winked, and I, I about swooned. I was just like, what the fuck just happened? What kind of power was that that worked on me? And then I became obsessed with winking and just got really good at winking because of it. Like I said, it's very powerful, and I don't use my powers for evil, and so I rarely wink at people. In the past, like, ten years, I've winked at two people. <laughs> and both are very weird incidences in my life. So I have a habit of, I like to brighten people's day. I like to make people laugh or smile when I'm like around them, especially if they look like they're having a bad day. This applies to, you know, people, strangers and people who are like at work, that kind of thing. I went to the grocery store and I went up to the deli counter and the woman there, she's usually always really chipper. Like she's like, Hey, how's it going? Like big smiles talking really um, happily with me, but she just did not look like herself that day. She didn't smile when she greeted me or anything. And I noticed and I was kind of like, Oh, I'm going to try to brighten her day. I don't even remember what conversation we had, but I eventually got her to laugh and got her smiling and happier for the day. And when I was done with my order, she's like, well, did you need anything else? And it was pretty obvious she wanted me to stay there and talk to her. But I was like, no, I'm great. And then I gave her a wink. And then I froze because I don't understand why I did that. And I was like, uh, great. I just ran away. Like, I didn't know what to do. I just, like, quickly left. Because I told you, it's powerful. I literally saw, like, that she thought I was flirting with her in that very second. And I'm like, she was a middle-aged deli woman. Why would I wink at her? Like, why would I do this? Like, I wanted to make her smile and laugh, but Jesus, like, what came over me? Why did I use my power? Like, it's not okay. And what's even funnier is I was talking to my mom later that day. And she's like, how was your day? I'm like, well, I had the weirdest fucking thing happen to me. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like... I winked at a deli woman, and she just started dying laughing. She's like, I've never seen you wink. Why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It just happened. It was so quick, and I don't know why I did it. So that's the first part of my winking story. The second part, pretty quick. I have a habit. I like to eat in my car, but I don't eat fast food. So it's a lot more challenging than it seems. And more often than not, I'll get, like, these sushi wraps. From the grocery store. Today they didn't have my wraps, but I needed food. So I had to actually get just sushi. And I got like a grape Arizona tea. So I'm in my car, I'm at a stoplight, shoving fish in my face. <laughs> Very not gracefully. And I turn and there's this woman looking at me. She was younger than me and like she had her hair perfectly straightened, had her makeup done, and she was just like watching me in horror <laughs> I'm, like devouring this fish at the stoplight. And I didn't break eye contact, and I just wiped my face and took a swig of my tea and winked at her. <laughs> but she pulled up. Like, she got as close as she physically could to the car in front of her until I finally left. Like, it had the opposite effect of my usual winking. I disturbed this woman to her core <laughs> with my action. Don't watch me when I eat. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so I have a very important question about all this. Did you ever see that deli woman again? <laughs> yes, I do. So is it just awkward now? She, like, she turns, she gets flush every time she sees me now. <laughs> like, she gets red, like, 
not blushing, but close. Like where it, like she just perks up and like her cheeks go rosy, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> uh, can I have some ham? <laughs> to do about it my wink is very powerful and i don't know how to deal with her it's been years and every time i see her she remembers me you need to learn the anti-wink well clearly i can use it the opposite way it's intended i have the ability i just don't know how to undo it <laughs> like that's the you problem have to, you have to learn the glower the glower the okay. anti-wink <laughs> Oh man, I just, I don't know what to do whenever she helps me. I'm just like, thanks, I'm gonna go before I wink at you for some reason. <laughs> this is a brilliant story. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast where we talk about distractions, hobbies, and obsessions to hide from the existential dread. I'm Krista. And I'm Julie. On today's episode, Krista is talking about chemistry. In the distant 90s, in a very empty classroom, you hear the chanting of a million students. Bill Nye, the science guy. (laughs) Where did you learn so much about science? We're going to be talking about science, but probably more specifically, we're going to talk about chemistry as a career, because that's kind of my expertise. I am a chemist. If you haven't picked up on this already, there's maybe some people who know this. There's a lot of people who probably don't actually know this about me, which is kind of a weird thing because sometimes I don't like to talk about it because sometimes people treat me different once they know I'm a chemist, but we can maybe get to that later. (laughs) Well, admittedly, when people think of chemists, I think they think like the lab coats and the DNA nonsense. Like they think more dramatically like movie style, I would assume. So when you say you're a chemist and then you explain what you do, it's a little a little different than that. So I think that's one of the reasons why people aren't like, she's a chemist because your life is not surrounded by your job. Is that how specific we're talking? Are we mostly talking about like chemistry as a career or are you going to get more broad into like talking about aspects of chemistry and how it works? No, I'm probably going to stay away from the more specific things of chemistry, especially because it's been a while since I've been in school. So I am probably kind of a little bit rusty on like some of the like very specific things, especially because what I now do is very unrelated to what I went to school for, which is kind of interesting. For this, I kind of mainly want to talk about how I came to be a chemist and why I think it's a somewhat underrated career choice. Like, you don't find a lot of people who want to be chemists. It's like a very particular subset of people. But I think it's a great job. Well, I know especially, like, during high school and college, they scare you with chemistry. Like, that's one of those subjects that teachers made a point to be like, this is why you'll fail medical school. And just kind of, like, it became a daunting subject. Like, so many people try to scare you out of chemistry. Are you trying to do a different spin on that? Are you trying to make it to where... You want to encourage people? Yeah, I want, I mean, that's always, I think that chemistry is a great career. I mean, for me personally, it's like the place where I belong. And I feel like that is a very weird thing for me. And I just kind of want to share that. I kind of want to share that and say, you know, if you have all these feelings and you felt like this type of person, maybe you would actually like this, even though you think that you wouldn't. So 
We'll see if that comes across while we're talking about this. People will still have a fear of chemistry. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that some people still will, but I think I can at least give people something to think about. Okay, so when did it really start? How young were you when you were just like, chemistry's my thing now? It's a very weird topic for me because, so I was a very weird child as <laughs> this has come up many, many times and many ways. I've I've always been so weird. One of the ways I was very weird is I just never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Like you could have asked me at probably any stage of my life and I would have had no answer for you. Just a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't really know why exactly that that is. I knew that there was a lot of things that I didn't want to be. Like I knew that I wasn't interested in becoming a doctor. I knew like I wasn't interested in like stuff related to financial things. So like I knew all of that. But like when it came to like, what do you want to do, Krista? There was just no answer. So another thing that I think is kind of important to know about me particularly is that I am and have been for a very long time a very type A perfectionist. I got very good grades when I was in school. So there's that aspect of me too that I I have always been good at school. I know I do want to preface this because as we're kind of talking about like not being afraid of chemistry and stuff, I wouldn't say that I'm a genius. And I really do want to put that out there because I think that there are some people who would say if you're a genius, that's only when you should consider becoming a chemist. I have to try very hard. <laughs> that is a big thing about me. Like my being good at school and like getting good grades and all that kind of stuff, that was never something that was natural for me. I got it ingrained into my brain <laughs> until I was very, very good at school. <laughs> I think that was always funny about you and I in school. <laughs> we were opposite. I was very lazy in school and just like, I got A's and B's. Did not give a shit. Like, I was like, eh, it's easier that way than them bitching at me. Essentially, <laughs> Like, that was the only reason why I got good grades is because if I didn't, people irritated me. <laughs> so then I was like, fine, <laughs> I'll get A's and B's. <laughs> but with Krista, it was just my mom would chastise me all the time because she'd be like, you know what Krista does when you're asleep? I'm like, why would I care, mom? She's like, she studies. You know, she studies when you're, you, you go to bed earlier when you wake up late. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I, you're not going to get me to do that, Mom. Like, I never studied. I was just like, why would I do that when I could just get a B and not do any of that work? <laughs> so it was always funny because, Krista, like, I think you were third in our class, weren't you? Yeah, in high school. But, okay, so part of the reason, though, that I was third was because I didn't give enough of a shit <laughs> to be first. <laughs> because, basically, I couldn't be first. Because you had to take so many, like, AP. AP, and I only took three when the two people who were above me took five. So, like, literally, it was statistically impossible. <laughs> I could not have been number one. Yeah, essentially, if you don't know, AP classes, you can get a 4.5, while regular classes, you get a 4.0. So that's what she means. Like, if she took more two more AP classes and essentially committed suicide, then she would have been number one. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't want to because that got to the point in my life where I kind of stopped. <laughs> I was like having a mental breakdown and I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't be this type of person. If other people want to be that type of person, go for them. Not me. <laughs> well, not to take this away from you, but I think the funniest bit about my academics was we had the Honor Society, which was like essentially if you were an AB student, you got invited to that and it was some 
extracurricular thing you could put on your application for colleges. And I didn't get a letter and I was kind of like, oh, I guess I got like a C once too many times. Like, who cares? You get and you get into it your junior year. So at the end of my junior year, I was cleaning my room and I found the letter like behind my bed. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I guess I was <laughs> too late. <laughs> that very much describes my academic career. It was like, oh, I guess I could have had that. But anyway. anyway. I did. I mean, I think that this is like an important thing to point out because throughout my career, you know, being in school and stuff, I mean, there were moments of science and probably mainly science that stuck out to me. I had a few good teachers. Like, I mean, Julie knows all about the rock cycle. It is rock. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but most of our scientific education consisted of people shouting things at us in the hallway. Hey, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember about Igneous Rocks. And (laughs) Q-Herc. (laughs) Herc. We had this one teacher. So to explain the scientific method, so, you know, like, question, hypothesis, experiment, results, conclusion, he would just in the hallway shout at people, (laughs) Q-Herc. And you have to say, like, question, you'd have to recite it. Like, you're, he was a sports fan, so I think it was that. But it was just so funny. So, I mean, I had all of those moments. But I think, like, actually, one of the things that's kind of interesting for me about, like, science and stuff is, so, like, we didn't have chemistry until we were in high school. And I actually really did not like my chemistry teacher, which is also funny because part of the reason why I didn't like biology very much, because in case anybody cares to know this, I am not very much a biology person. And part of the reason was, was because our biology teacher when I was a sophomore in high school was like so bad that she made me super irritated until I just hated it. (laughs) And I mean, I could probably get over it now, but like at the time I was like, Because all she wanted to do was have us debate about, like, controversial topics. And then other than that, there was really just nothing interesting about it. It was like, here's this book. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? That's it. And then otherwise, let's debate about things. Now, we are people of the corn school. Let me me put this in perspective (laughs) to you for a second. She wanted us to debate about very controversial things for people of the corn school. I did not like biology very much. But also, like I said, I really didn't like my chemistry teacher. So it still is very weird that I became a chemist. And I will say that I think that the biggest factor as to why I actually became a chemist is that my step-grandfather was a biochemist. He was basically a very important person in my life. He... It's, I don't know, I've had a lot of, like, very weird moments throughout my life where, like, I would say I very much connected with somebody, and I would say that it was, like, this was like that with him. We were very connected, like, pretty much from when we met. Like, he was the kind of person where he would get up very early. I've always gotten up very early. I mean, half the time, he would get up earlier than me, and I think that's honestly part of the reason why I get up so early, is because I was like, I gotta get up earlier than that man, (laughs) and I never could. He's beating me. (laughs) I could never do it. He would also play Civilization, which was like, I think, kind of one of my first kind of forays into video games being like that, because I think before that, you know, I kind of viewed it maybe like as kind of more of like a kiddish thing, and I think like he was like the first person who like, 
I saw him playing like video games, like pretty much all the time, just pretty casually. And he was like an older guy. And then not to mention all of this, but he was like pretty much the nicest person I've ever known. And I think just in all, he he just really had this huge effect on me. And I think the biggest part of it was that he was very nice to me. He didn't have to be. He was my step grandfather. The man who could give the least shits if he wanted. Yeah. yeah, he did not have to care. He did not live in the same state as me. We were not related by any blood. I was of an age where it didn't necessarily make sense either because I was eh, 10. You know, it was like, it was not like I was like a baby, you know, or like he grew up with me. He's always very nice to me. And I think when it finally came down to it and I was like, okay, I have to pick a career. I was like, you know what? I really liked him. I'm going to do this. And it worked out for me. And everything panned out. <laughs> so. I think a lot of life decisions are better that way. Where you just like push to the moment. And you're like, okay, this is it. This is what we're doing. I think most of my decisions are better that way. <laughs> so, I mean, did he talk to you about chemistry? Or was it just that you knew what he did and wanted to pursue a life more like him? Like I said, we were very kindred spirits. So, like... We would talk a lot about, like, a lot of things. Like, I have a lot of memories of, like, he would, like, he was a person who was very into travel, for example. So, like, every time, like, he would come back, like, he went to Germany a lot. That was one he did all the time. And so, like, he'd come back from Germany and, like, I'd be super interested and, like, want to talk to him. And he'd, like, want to tell me, you know, everything about it. And I think he, he definitely liked that I was very smart. He had a lot of... I mean, besides just me, a lot of his other grandchildren were very smart, too. So I think, like, he just knew how to handle that. Like, he was very good at being a person who was interested in kids who were smart, rather than it just being like, eh, you're a child, whatever. Like, he would talk to me all the time, and it made me just feel super welcome in the space where it was like, you didn't have to like me. (laughs) You didn't have to talk to me. (laughs) I think the easiest way to identify an adult like that is, if they are happy to hear a kid ask why or if they're disappointed a kid asks why. Because to me, that's the best phase for a kid. When a kid sits there and says, why, why, why to everything? It's like a challenge. And I'm like, I will answer every one of those. <laughs> it's just, I get excited for that. So I feel like, was that kind of what you felt from him? Where like anytime you had a question, it was more excitement than it was like a burden to be yeah. bothered. Yeah. And he just like, he always seemed like he liked to talk to me. Like if I was there... He would talk to me like he didn't ignore me. It wasn't I mean, even if we hadn't seen each other for like a year, he would still be excited to talk to me whenever we'd go out to eat or whatever. And it was he was just always a person that I was like, yeah, I enjoy seeing you because you seem like you care about me. So and, it, and you know, it's like it's very weird, too. I have a very large family and there's a lot of people in my own family who don't treat me that well so for this this was like a very oh like this person gets me (laughs) which was just something I I wasn't having kindred spirits kindred chemistry yeah (laughs) it sounds weird but so was it a challenge to even start in chemistry like was it just I want to do chemistry and then from there it was just hell or was it or did when you start you went this is what I was supposed to do this was a great decision like did you have a lot of doubt in the beginning I mean, so I took it when I was in high school, which, like I said, I didn't like the teacher, but I think that there was still a lot of aspects that I like about the subject. So for me, one of the things I would say about chemistry that I think a lot of people don't think of 
is it's very hands-on. I could compare it to something like plumbing, for example. I, I know it's not quite the same thing, but it's like you're in the thick of it. Like you're doing things. It's very like you have to figure out a solution. For me particularly, that's very appealing, especially because, I mean, you know, given this whole entire podcast that we're talking about, I have a problem with like keeping my mind focused on things. So for there to be variety in my job like that is very important to me. It also helps to keep an interest with me because to me it's problem solving, which, okay, granted, I know not everybody likes problem solving, but I think for a lot of people who do, I think that that is kind of an interesting way to look at chemistry. That is what it is. You have some problem that you've been given and you have to do everything in your power <laughs> to figure out how to solve it. And there's a lot of different ways that you could go about it. Sometimes there is just one way, but a lot of times there's so many different ways you could go about it. Like when you started getting into college, when you started doing this stuff, people always just say how hard it is and how like, it's not for the faint of heart, you're going to fail. Like why, what's your aspect on that? Do you think that's how it is? Is it harder than most subjects are when you go into college or is it just the same aspect of college requires discipline and effort? See, that, that part of it is kind of weird. So because this kind of gets into the thing that I was talking about, like the genius aspect of chemistry, right? Where a lot of people assume if you're not a perfect straight A student, if you don't just like get this on a fundamental level and you're that good at it, that it's not worth it. But I will say, I knew a lot of people when I was in the school who were not straight A's. Like they got C's, maybe even D's, that sort of thing. I mean, again, not doctors. I'm not doing surgery here. <laughs> but the thing is, is school is kind of weird. And I, and I know that this is a thing that people have talked about a lot, that there's a lot of different aspects that make a person good at something. And it's not always shown in the grades. Chemistry is like that in a lot of ways, because a lot of it is passion. Like you just have to really care and like really be invested in it and something, whatever that something is. There's a million different somethings that you could be invested in. But if you have that passion and you have that drive and like you want to learn about it more and that drives you to want to dig into it more, that in some ways is the more important part of chemistry to me. Now, that being said... There are some harder courses and stuff, and I'm sure that there are some deterrents. Do I think that they're undoable? No. I mean, especially if you're putting your mind into it, if you're trying to learn it, if you're putting yourself around the right people, you're probably going to learn it and you'll be able to get through it. You might have some rough moments, but I think you can pull yourself out. How would you convince someone this. I mean, we've kind of pussyfooted around this idea where you're talking about like, anyone can do it. It's great. Like you don't have to be a doctor to be able to do it. But like if you found yourself at age 10 and you were trying to talk yourself into be like, what you want to do is chemistry. How would you go about that? I mean, take all the science classes. Um, I mean, especially if you're like talking from age 10. Okay, age like 16, <laughs> whatever you know, point take you want to go. <laughs> take all the science class. I mean, even the same advice. Take science, do labs, try to get your hands into things. I mean, like, you know, I did stuff like I did dissections and things like that, which I mean, that's not quite chemistry, but that's, you know, getting your hands, trying to figure something out. So I think that the biggest thing to becoming a scientist 
from a young age, you are going to probably have to take a bunch of classes. And honestly, this has to do with people who want to go to college in general. If you want to go to college, I would encourage you to take a lot of classes. I, I think that this is something that teachers try to explain to you when they're in high school that really college in a lot of ways is more about time management than anything. And it's really about knowing yourself as a person and knowing your limits. Because, you know, if you're the type of person where you need to study something for 10 hours before you take an exam, I mean, that's kind of a big number. But if, if you're that kind of a person, then you need to plan and like make that happen and do that. If you're the kind of person where, you know, you can just learn something and then go into a test and you're fine, okay, then you're that person. But I do think just in general, taking a lot of the kind of harder classes, things like sciences, things like maths are helpful for when you go into college, particularly math, which, okay, I know that this is very controversial, but one of the big things that they beat into me, because I was also a tutor when I was in college, is that take your math, take your darn math and take your math first, because if you wait and you wait till year four to do your math, you will have forgotten everything you've ever learned about math. You won't know what a fraction is anymore. Improper fractions, gone. You have no idea totally what that proper. is. <laughs> yeah, totally proper. You won't know how to long divide. Look, the thing is, is just take your math first. If you take your math first, everything will be so much easier. I think that was one of the great things for me in college was I chose biology, which mm. is, I think, one of the other reasons why you're like, I don't need to learn biology. Julie's got that covered. <laughs> so I was a huge biology fan. And for biology, they were very much like, uh, you don't need to get to like a certain level of math other than you definitely need to take chemistry. So you have to be able to like do certain math. You can take a test for that and test it out of that math. And then you just need like a credit. I was like, give me that test right now before I forget everything I've ever learned. <laughs> like, and so I took the test and they were like, you passed. You can take chemistry. I'm like, sweet. Give me pre-algebra as my credit. I don't care. <laughs> like, It's just a math credit. I will just sleep in that class. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> I did that my freshman year. Like, get it done. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I'm also at the point where I have taken so much math. That really, it doesn't phase me anymore. I have opinions on math, which are weird. It's very weird to have opinions on math, but I do. Because one of my opinions on math, which I think most people will agree, is that Calc 2 sucks. You don't know, you don't know this, but anybody out there, Calc 2 sucks. Mini story. So my brother's a math major. He's a calculus major. <gasps> oh my like, god. <laughs> loves math, you know. He helped me with math whenever I had trouble, because I've always been really good at math as well. To me, it just makes sense. He got his first B ever in Calc 2. <laughs> oh that was the first B of his life. He was furious. I relate to him. <laughs> oh, my God. Calc 2 was one of the worst classes I've ever took. Now, granted, for me, that's saying something because normally, normally there's a lot of factors that, like, go into, like, why I think a class is bad. Most of the ones that I did not like when I was in college were because of the professor. And this was one of those. He would not, I don't know why, but he would not teach us anything that was practical in class. Like he would be like, look at these fractals. And I'm like, that's great. How do I do this? 
What is life? And then he would give me a bunch of homework, and I'm like, I don't know how to do any of that. Help me. I don't care about fractals. That's cool. What? Help. Getting back to chemistry. Talking about, I mean, talking about, like, how to get into a career of anything, especially something as particular as chemistry, is very difficult. Because, like, for me personally, it's all about what you like to do. So if you have something that interests you, so, you know, say, for example, that interest is, like, biological medicine stuff. Read about it, you know, try to look up stuff that has to do with it. Maybe you won't understand all of it, but, like, honestly, that's that's not the point all the time. Sometimes it's just, like, you have a question, you see if you can answer it, and if you can, then you feel good. You pat yourself on the shoulder and you move on. And I think, like, for a lot of science, that, that kind of is how it is. Like, it's like, I have a curiosity. I want to make something better. I want to make the world better in whatever way that may be. So I'm going to look into it and do the things until the thing is better. <laughs> I did the thing. <laughs> I did a science. <laughs> I did the science and I made the thing better. So, okay, now we've kind of gone over how you started, where other people should go, why you should think about this. What are some science fun facts? Everybody likes science fun facts. Do you have any? I think all the ones that I have are like, <laughs> they're kind of weird ones. Especially because, so when I was in school, I did a lot of physical chemistry, which sounds weird when physical, I say it like physical. Physical chemistry, it has to do uh, with like stuff at an atomic level. Right. And it's very, it's a very weird branch of chemistry because it's not to say that it's not useful. It's just that it doesn't, it's so small. Like you end up being so small with things and things are so weird at an atomic level that it's just it's not the same as when you're dealing with a bunch of things so like some of the things that are very weird is like how things glow in the dark which essentially the reason why things glow in the dark i'm not talking about biological things because that's a not little bio bit different not bioluminescence like actual like glow in the dark t-shirts and glow sticks and stuff it's because you're taking something and you're putting it into an illegal state of existence. <laughs> so Is that why aliens glow? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but you put it into this illegal state of existence. And so then when it's like slowly returning to like its unillegal state, it just emits light. <laughs> and ah! <laughs> I imagine it's way of screaming. Just, ah! <laughs> and then going back to the state of being. <laughs> <laughs> but not to mention that some of the other ones that are kind of funny that people will learn about is that so like if you start to get very thin and you're dealing with particles like individual particles like on an atomic scale they can actually go through walls <laughs> which is very bizarre and I was watching like a diagram of this the other day because I was like I want to make sure that I'm like remembering this correctly because I remember learning about tunneling when I was in um, physics chemistry because here's the thing that's weird that people kind of forget about. You probably have learned about this in chemistry. I've learned that... about it through comic books with the Flash. Well, everything <laughs> is made of particles. Like, even when you don't think that it is. So, like, if you're thinking about, like, a glass cup or, or like, an actual physical wall, 
And that kind of like messes with people because it's like, okay, well, if it's made of particles, like why can't I stick my hand through it? And it's like, well, they're like really, really dense and it's like really, really small. You know, if you're talking about a liquid, it's less packed together and it's, you know, it's still small, but that's why you can move your hand through it is it's not like interconnected and locked. But when you're dealing with it like a very small little atom and then it's like a very thin wall, it's like that kind of makes sense now, doesn't it? Because it's like not actually a solid it's made of particles <laughs> so yeah i can just kind of go through <laughs> so now you know how the flash works yeah. <laughs> when he does that stupid like vibrate with his hands and pushes through physical options <laughs> yeah. i think quicksilver does it too yeah that's yeah kind of i think the thing that they're going for there but even like another thing and i think that this is the thing that people will learn kind of early in chemistry is <laughs> because like when you're on an atomic scale and you're dealing you know with electrons neutrons all that kind of stuff you can't measure the location and the momentum of one of these particles at the same time which i just always think is funny <laughs> because it's just like i can either see it or i can know how fast it's going <laughs> i can't know both <laughs> it just it makes it feel like it's just this absolutely impossible thing which you know, it's very small, and granted, it's hard. I get it, but it just it just cracks me up so much that that's that's a rule. You can't know both. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> so I think like the other thing too that I wanted to say about physical chemistry in general, kind of the way that I would talk about physical chemistry, because there doesn't really end up being like if you think about most of the great sciences physical chemistry doesn't kind of end up being ingrained into too much of it. A lot of times what a lot of people will tell you is if you're into physical chemistry, you're making lasers. So that could have been my future. I could have been a laser person. How dare you not do that? Well, <laughs> we could have had lightsabers. <laughs> well, I don't know about lightsabers. You could have been the one to create them. But it is useful for understanding something so like kind of the example that you know i would talk about is like if you're like cooking something like you could cook something and not use salt and like you're still cooking but like having the salt and like knowing how to use the salt adds a layer to it that's kind of what i think of a physical chemistry it's like it's more knowledge like you're understanding how things are working a little bit better now granted I don't do that in my current life. I actually work on a much bigger scale because I work in like material science, which is just not on an atomic level at all. <laughs> That's the best way that I can put it. <laughs> not yeah. getting too specific into what I actually do for a living, but it's like mixing liquids. I mean, like you could make, you could think of it of like baking a cake. You're putting ingredients together. That's essentially the kind of role that I do. Very exciting. <laughs> it does sound exciting. To give it an exciting spin. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like baking a cake, you know? That's we already like... talked about baking cakes last episode. Yeah, that is true. Okay, how about a how about a cocktail? How about that? Yeah, let's get drunk. Yeah. On chemistry. You're mixing things together. You're changing little bits here and there to come to a better outcome. And drunk. <laughs> yeah. And to get the most drunk in the quickest amount of time is very important. So, see, you could be the best bartender ever as a chemist. <laughs> you just learn more about that, which I think that can kind of segue into your rage point. 
because I had my rage at the end of <laughs> my interview. So it's time for the very rare and beautiful rage of Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So, yes, that's how we start rage. <laughs> okay, <on>. cool. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself into a rage mode. So, one of my giant pain points when it has come to science and chemistry in general. To really get into this pain point, you have to understand that I am not a PhD chemist, which to some people is very controversial. But basically, going back to the beginning of my story where I talked about how I was a type A perfectionist and basically got to a point where I wanted to die <laughs> because it's very hard to be a type A perfectionist when you're doing chemistry. It's just really hard. And I think, like, I, I have heard people, like, I have heard people that I would say are more in the science field than anybody. I went to this talk a while ago, and one of the people who was actually a part of this talk was Adam Savage. And if you don't know who Adam Savage is, he was one of the guys on Mythbusters. And he was talking about how he struggled with this for a long time, about that feeling of not being worthy enough to be a scientist because you don't have all the fancy degrees and all the titles and you don't get to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, look, if you're trying to contribute to make something better, like I even honestly, I put inventing thing in science. It's like, if you're working on something, you're using a scientific method, working to make something better, I consider you a scientist. I don't care if you have a PhD. I don't care if you majored in biology or geology or whatever. I will call you a scientist. That is my pain point. It just irritates me so much that there are people in this world that just think so highly of themselves, like just so highly of themselves that it's like, Unless you have the exact same things that I do, you're not worthy. I'm sorry to tell you this, but that's not what science is about. Science is about, at least to me, my definition of science, and I know a lot of people will disagree about this, is that I think it's taking something and trying to make it better. I think you can add trying to understand it better as well. Yeah. To a degree. Because I think that's, that's more how biology yeah. works, is like, why does this do that? <laughs> like, what is the reason? And kind of going in that direction. But I would say I agree with you in that regard that it's not about what paper you have or what you say you could have done or what you understand. It's are you trying to answer a question or fix something? And yeah. you're moving in a Q-Herc method of that. Yes. Like that. <laughs> That's science. If you're Q-herking it up. Q-herking it up. Just need to get that tattooed on our chest and see that teacher. Like, Q-herk. He would be... Soul and mind. He would be so confused. It would be great. Because I don't think he'd remember us particularly. He would definitely not remember us. That particular thing is just so irritating to me. And it's it's one of those things where it kind of... it It pains me in a lot of ways because I think that there's a lot of people who don't understand science. I mean, this is kind of a big thing in our world right now. Like, people really not understanding science leads to a lot of mistrust and thinking that scientists are basically out to get people. I will say, in pretty much any career ever at all, you're going to have good eggs and you're going to have bad eggs. But for the most part, 
everything that I've learned about science is it, it is what I was saying before that it's about bettering something. And you can take that kind of in the way that Julie said, maybe you're just bettering your understanding, whatever. But like, it's not like about hurting. It's really just about getting to something that is better. And again, you know, there's a lot of things to that, you know, maybe people who make weapons and, you know, things that you could say, okay, yeah, that's bad or whatever. I'm not, I'm not really, (laughs) I'm not really getting into like the morals aspect of it. It's just more that I just feel in general, like most of the people that I've been around, their aim is not to make a food that's going to poison you. You know, like, it's like, no, their aim is to make something safer that's better for you to consume, that stays on the shelf for longer, that can stay in your fridge for longer, that can maybe give you vitamins and nutrients if you're in a third world country, you know, things like that. And, like, everybody just, like, they take it in this way of, like, oh, well, their scientists are putting GMOs and all of the, our stuff, and how could they do that, and this, that, and it's like... That's not the point of it. The, the point is not we're putting GMOs in things to poison you. I mean, okay, we say we. I'm that's not me. I don't do that for a living. Just <laughs> don't <FYI. chatter. laughs> Yeah, don't don't hurt me. It's just I I get very I get very saddened by it because I just to me that's not the point of chemistry. Well, I think people have a hard time separating the scientist from the product because it's not always the scientist that has the product. If you understand, what I mean, like. Someone with money or an idea gets a hold of the product and manipulates it in such a way. That's how a lot of horrible things have come to be, is that a scientist gets excited and tries to do something. They make an accident that creates some horrible or wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And then somebody with a better idea that has no interest in bettering anybody, has only interest in bettering themselves, takes it and poisons it. And people have a hard time separating what was the scientist, what were their intentions, versus what the product became. And and I think the other part of that, too, which might be kind of a good thing to mention here, is also realizing that science is a process. Because I think a lot of people don't understand that either. Like, I kind of blame Hollywood for this because I think, like, in movies and stuff, they do a lot of, like, oh, we're in this really stressful situation, and then, bam, he just makes the uh, bio-anti-serum, and he did it, and the world is saved. And it's like... Really not how things work. <laughs> like, you really just, like... Okay. You have to be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, and you would have to be, like... You would have to know so much to be, like, that kind of a person. I think that maybe there's people in the world who come close, but I don't think there's anything <laughs> like what they show on the movie. It takes time, and you make mistakes. And, I mean, like, you see this all the time with, like, drugs that are on the market and stuff, where it has side effects and this and that. It's, like, it's the scientist didn't like put the side effects there or like be like, well, that was good enough. It was like, you know, maybe that was all they knew at the time and they're working on it and trying to make it better. But it's like you do the best that you can. And at least for the time being, you know, maybe this helps some people's migraines or whatever. And then even just those people (laughs) testing that drug gives them more information, gives them like further feedback. And I think what's funny about you saying that, like people don't understand it's not quick. Someone made that realization to me when I was like 12 because I wanted to be a scientist. I was just like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm stuck on this. And then someone was like, I've been working on this one project for 30 years. I'm like, that's way longer than I've been alive. And I'm like, how far are you? And they're like, 
we're still in the testing stages. Like, I do not want to be a scientist. This seems really <laughs> not fruitful. And like, I'm just going to be working on something the rest of my um, life. <laughs> no, yeah, actually, that is a very good, that is a very good topic. Yeah, so there are different kinds of sciences, for sure. Like, if you get into more medical type of things, oh my gosh, yeah, those take so, <laughs> so long. But like, if you're doing, generally, when you start to move away from things that aren't as concerned about you know, like it going in your body, they're a lot quicker of a turnaround. But like anything that goes in your body, yeah, <laughs> pretty rough, which I mean, you would hope, right? <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. You would hope it's not like, yeah, just take this pill. I made it yesterday. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I can see different colors. <laughs> Superpower. I can't feel my toes. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you a secret question. Because I think one of the things that's very interesting, just like as an experience that I've had in general, I think we were, yeah, we were talking about this at the beginning, that a lot of people very intimidated by me and they're very intimidated because I am a chemist. And then normally once they meet me, they're like, oh, yeah. Disregard. <laughs> Disregard all of this. What, what do you think? about me being a chemist like is that just kind of like a weird thing because I mean we don't talk about it very often I know because I wanted to be a biologist so I knew like there was a point in my life where like I left college because I was like this ain't working (laughs) I'm out and then when you went to graduate I think I even talked to you about it I was just like part of me was worried I'd be upset (laughs) I'd be like oh look my friend is doing great and I'm doing shit (laughs) like what is happening I was so proud of you I didn't even it didn't even matter you did what you want to do. You worked so hard. So in that way, it was just kind of like, yeah, like, I'm so proud of you. It's so great. But it is a funny thing because of like the nature of your job. It's not what you think of. Like you were saying where Hollywood's kind of ruined that appearance of chemist. So in a way, it just seems like an office job to me. (laughs) Like even how you talk about it, I'm like, that just sounds like my job, but with a couple more fun parts. (laughs) Like that's just... Like, it's just a job. And in the world we live in today, it's so hard to just be a part of your passion. It's always turned into this need to fill capitalism without getting into, like, a whole bit about that. So, to me, it's still just, like, a job. I don't yeah. see it so much as a chemist. And I think that's the other reason why people are probably like, oh, my God, you're a chemist. And they they think that, like, Hollywood vision. Yeah. And then they hear about what you do for a living. They're like, oh, that's just a job. Like yeah, they think I'm going to solve cancer, and it's like, nah, <laughs> not at all. Not what I want to do. That is not what I do. Which I, I think, do not solve cancer. I think that's a good point to bring up, is that's the other thing I think stops a lot of people, is that, you know, people want to be that person. People want to be the one who stops cancer, the, the one to have that driving goal. And when you realize that's such a small, difficult area to be a part of, you get overwhelmed and you stop completely. Yeah. And I think that's so disappointing for people. Like, that's just... That was a subject you love. Why did you, because of this one niche, this one, if that was the reason why you loved it, you didn't actually love it. That was just an idolized version you had in your head of someone you wanted to be. That's another topic to be like, you don't have to be the hero to enjoy what you're doing. I mean, that is actually, it is kind of a very sad thing in some ways, because I think, and I think like our education system is starting to learn from this mistake because they set so many people up like who are about our age to go to college and like that was like the thing it's like you have to do that and it's like well what comes after though and there was like so little time spent about the like what would the actual job be like and it's kind of rough and I mean like even when I was in college 
I knew so many people who they wanted to be a doctor or like a surgeon or whatever. And then when they got to freshman year chemistry, they were like, no, (laughs) I hate this. I'm not going to do it. And that's fair. Like, I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I just I think it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that so much of schooling is set up for you to keep doing academia. And that was even like a thing when I was in school for chemistry was they basically set us up to be professors, which is fine. The problem with that is, is there's so few professor jobs. Like there are plenty of people who have, you know, gotten their PhD, gone through their postdoc and like done everything to be capable, to be able to be a professor. They can't find jobs. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you know, teach teach people how to do other things. Like, don't just set people up for failure. Yeah, I think the school systems, since it's being taken over by capitalism, it's in this really weird place where, like, school used to be you became a scholar. Like, you, that was your life. All you did was go to school and learn, and that was a part of it. And it wasn't a life burden that you had to then take care of and find a job to fix. Like, that was just what you did. And now it's like, since capitalism's kind of taken over school, like, if I want to think about being a doctor, I have six-figure debt before I even finish. And that's just so overwhelming, and that's so hard for people to have to get over. If you're told, like, hey, you're not going to be the hero. Okay, well, then I guess I'll just leave school with all this debt and go get a mediocre job to pay it off because I'm more terrified of failing at that level with that much more debt that I don't even want to try. It's not exactly what happened to me, but the kind of that concept where I was like, what am I doing? I'm wasting time and money. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Like, and I just, I took a step out. No, but I mean, like, the other thing, I mean, even with that, though, is, like, we also, we need, we don't need a society of scholars. You know, like, that's nice. That's helpful. That's all this stuff. But, like, we need people who know how to fix houses. We need people who know how to be plumbers and electricians and, like, you know, all these things where it's, like, you don't need an eight-year degree, (laughs) To be, or a 10-year, I guess if you're going to be, what is it, like 10 or 12 if you're a doctor? I mean, okay, fair. If you're going to be a doctor, that's a whole different thing. (laughs) We can't help you. (laughs) We can't help you We're not going to help you. But, like, that's kind of my thing is, like, I think that people should have more exposure to these things. I think that they should kind of know what things are like in the real world. So that way you can decide because... If your passion really is learning and, like, you want to be a teacher and you like that stuff and you really want to do, you know, solving cancer research and you're all about that, good on you. Somebody needs to be. I'm not saying there shouldn't be nobody, but also, if that is so overwhelming to you, there are other options. (laughs) Right. Well, I think the other part was when we were in school, it was kind of like, if you got better than C's ever you wouldn't dare think about being an electrician or a plumber or whatever else. Like they would cast you as that. They they push you so hard into college. And I think that's also another part of like the residual from the past of how things used to be that if you were a scholar, you probably came from a wealthy family because, you know, you were allowed to go read books and do all this stuff. If you came from a poorer family, you did manual labor, which would be like building houses, doing things of the like. So it was pushed that if you want to be a better person, you would be in school. And that is not the society we live in anymore. There is... You get paid well. There's no shame. I do so much housework. <laughs> like, it's not even funny. And even though I'm laughing. So, because it's, <laughs> it's so painful. Um, so now we're kind of getting this age where it's like, that's a that's a profession. Like, that's something that's hard to do. That's not something that you can just know how to do and be excellent at it. But it's also something like anyone can learn. It's one of those things. And anyone can learn to be a scholar. It doesn't mean that you have to be rich. But that's, 
they're maintaining that aspect of it that you're you're a shitty person if you don't want to be a scholar because that means you're rich and we try to get the American dream and like yeah of course I want to be like this great renowned scientist of importance and then they're like okay well here's all this debt yeah because we want to get something out of that we don't care about your well-being and it's just we're in this horrible point yeah (laughs) pivoting between these two realms of like complete success where anyone who wants to learn something can and you gotta have money if you want to do anything yeah and you know if i could have one more rant like which i make this a very small one but you know as much as i love my college experience as much as like I found myself as a person and like stopped being a horrible anxious mess in college I will say to a certain extent I think that college is a scam because think about it think about how many people go into this thing and what are you you're paying like twenty thousand dollars a year where does all that money go right because like when I was at school I probably went to school with like a few thousand to maybe 5,000 people, maybe more than that. Maybe it was more like 10 people if you, like, took all of everything. That is so much money. Like, and okay, I get it. Like, you have to pay professors. You have to pay to maintain things. All of this kind of stuff. But, like, like millions of dollars. I had to pay for my own books. Pretty much everybody does. I'm not saying that, like, poor me. But I'm saying, like... I should at least get fucking books. <laughs> yeah, so why don't I get books? And the books are so expensive. Yeah, it's it is everything. So much money. It's such a cash grab. Well, it was funny. <laughs> so it's like if you do the statistics that back in the day you could work part time in the summer. Yeah. And pay for your college. That was that was people that are still alive today. That's not like some like eighteen hundreds nonsense. That is people are alive today. That that was the reality, and that is soul crushing to think about and just not fair and completely the audacity of it is insane to me i don't know it's completely i mean like there's a good number of people that i know in my personal life who went to college got a degree have not used it which people should be allowed to do without having crippling debt like that's i want everybody to be able to learn anything they want to learn like that's I want people to have all this opportunity. So when people like end up with these degrees and try to make themselves feel bad, like, man, I don't even use it. It's like, you shouldn't have to feel that way. Like it shouldn't be a burden that you wanted to learn something. No. And I'm not even saying it like that. I'm just saying that like, it's, it's part of our economy, you know, like it's, it's an unfortunate thing. Like it sucks to like go to school and like have this passion and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. There's no jobs out there. Sweet. (laughs) And I was like, well, (laughs) I learned the thing, but economy is not backing me up. <laughs> oh, man. We have ended this section on such a rant. But, I mean, I feel like it was probably needed. <laughs> we needed to just get out. Get, get, out get all system. of the, the economics and the frustration. Look, I love chemistry. <laughs> Let's end it <laughs> Let's on this. Let's end with we love chemistry. <laughs> At least I do. But <laughs> is, there, is there any other questions that you had for me? I don't know if I had it. I think that was it. Well, you talked about the physical chemistry. I don't know if there's any other aspect of chemistry that you're just like, curse that to the depths. I fucking hate that section. For me, the only other class I think that I ended up disliking. I know a lot of people really don't like organic chemistry. It's kind of weird, but I was fine with it. I was very bad at the labs, though. I, For some reason, all of my yields always sucked. You are making things essentially like you're making different chemicals that's like the whole point of it 
and every, every time I would just always get such a terrible yield. Like you'd be like expected to get like 90%. I'd get like 10, <laughs> which is really bad. And I think sometimes like it would like knock down my score because of it, because like you're supposed to get so good, but like, I don't know why I always did what they wanted me to. And I was really careful, but for some reason I could never get a good yield. But I think like the class that I really didn't like was analytical but I will say the reason why I didn't like it also had to do with the teacher. I had another like really bad <laughs> professor experience. And that, I mean, for me, that matters a lot. Like I'm the kind of person where if you're very kind to me, like I'm like, cool, I will do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I will be your slave. <laughs> be next. Well, now they'll know your secrets, Krista. People are going to take advantage of you. Oh, no. I think that's why I guard you so much when we're younger. I'm just like, don't talk to her. You're going to bewitch her with your words. Like, she is a fragile thing. Leave her alone. She's made of glass. She just wants kindness. Get away. But I don't know. I mean, that's definitely advice that I would give to people. Because I knew a lot of people, like, in high school and in college who, like, thought it was really cool to just be mean to people and, like, that would get them results. And guess what? Professors don't like that, and they will fail you. Yeah, you can't bully a professor, usually. I also find that's true of just any teacher. Yeah. Like, in general, if you're nice to somebody, they will be nice to you. I know that Life that, lesson! I know that baffles Don't people. be an asshole! <laughs> but you should have seen some of the people in some of my classes who were mean. Like, straight up mean to professors. I was like, what on earth is wrong with you? Like, be nice to them. You get so much more out of this. We should probably end it there. And if ever we want to talk about it again, then we can. We can just have another episode just about science. Science. Bill. Bill. <laughs> the whispers in the deep. <laughs> Calling for Bill. <laughs> of a very sad... Science class. <laughs> Science guy. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. Substitute teacher. <laughs> the TV is being rolled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should probably. I just really want someone to take, like, what Gandalf says, like, the drums in the deep. And, like, <laughs> just, oh, be Bill <laughs> just be like kids screaming for Bill Nuts. <laughs> That's what I really want. <laughs> the goblins in the Balrog you see like a TV with Bill Nye coming out and like all the kids chanting behind it. This was Passion for Your Passions with Julie and Krista where we talked about science. I've been thinking when life gives you lemons don't make lemonade get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. Demand to see life's manager. Do you know who I am? I'm the mouse who's gonna burn your house down with the damn lemons.